The peak of the Canadian cross-country season is finally here. A couple weeks ago on the Fort Henry course in Kingston, Ontario, the best university runners gathered together to race the windy and muddy course at the U Sport Championships. This weekend, races will resume in that place, this time bringing in the top athletes of all ages for what promises to be a great day of racing at the National Cross-Country Championships. On this week's show, we recap the U-Sport champs, and we're joined by its two champions from the University of Guelph, Connor Black, and from the Queen's Gales, Brogan McDougall. Up first, though, the man in charge of both days of racing on the hill, Clive Morgan, talks about what to expect on the course this weekend. You're listening to The Terminal Mile, at The Terminal Mile, on Twitter and Instagram, a Tracky Radio production. Clive Morgan has worked tirelessly for the past four years to ensure that the Canadian Cross-Country Championships were something special. This weekend will be the final in Kingston's run as host, and we caught up with Clive to talk about the course, the races, and why you should come out. Race happening on Saturday. I have to know, Clive, what are the updates from the course? How's how's it looking going into the big race? Uh, well, <laughs> you're going to jinx me if I answer that? <laughs> um, I got to say right now, I don't know if you've seen, uh, I mean, I, I put some stuff up on social media a couple times earlier this week because uh, it, it was a concern with a bunch of people with the cold weather we've had and you know, people coming from across the country and they heard about the snow we've had in some regions around here. Um, we did have some snow uh, for the most part. The, the stuff that fell uh, about a week or so ago was pretty much melted. A little bit more fell in the last couple of days. But right now the course is, it, it, in a word, it's awesome. Uh, you know, it's, it's firm ground. There's a little bit of snow on the ground. There's no icy sections. It's, uh, if this lasts through Saturday, we're golden. Um, forecast for Saturday is possibly rain in the afternoon, although that's diminished as well. But um, right now, right now, it's in the best condition it's ever been for any of the four years we've had here. So um, it'll be it'll be fast fast running if it stays that way. You know, there there's a couple of concerns expressed with the with the university championships being so so close to this on the same course. You know, did they did they leave much of a mark on the course? No, no, it was, uh, even at, at U-Sport, it wasn't really that muddy. I mean, the rain was all the day before, and it had, uh, it had dried out. And also, you know, at U-Sport, you're looking at a total of, uh, I think, a little over 300 athletes in, in two different races versus nationals, where, you know, registration now is up to over 1,200 in total, and then and, and multiple laps. And, and also in U-Sport, I mean, the women ran uh, part of it. They didn't use the, the back section of the two-and-a-half, so... The course really didn't get damaged at all for U Sport, and uh, it's like I said, it's in as good a shape now as it, it's ever been. So, yeah. So, quite literally, the field has been set uh, in that you know it's uh, you just reported on that. But let's talk about the other field. What is the other field looking like? Uh, maybe let's start with the senior men. Who uh, who are some some names that piqued your interest when you you took a look at the people who registered? Well, you know, it's, uh, I don't want to single people out, and you know, the risk there is forgetting people. But obviously, uh, Ben Flanagan is uh, is a heavyweight going in there. Um, the way he's been running lately, uh, 
Um, Bouchette, you know, defending champion coming back. Uh, Bouchette looks to be in really good shape coming off of uh, recovery from his injury in the spring. And uh, he loves this course and uh, he loves cross. And I mean, he refers to himself as a mud truck. He wants it to be muddy. Uh, from my point of view, an organizational point of view, I'd rather not have the mud. So if it's if it's dry and fast, I don't know how that will suit him. Who else could be in there? I mean, there's Yves Sikubwabu, there's Evan Esselink. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Ben Friesner, don't really know much about him. Uh, he's definitely uh, kind of an unknown factor who could be in there. Um, wow. Uh, again, I'd need to have a list of, of who else is in there to, to rhyme off people. I mean, there's... There's a ton of people. I'm just trying to think of, of all of the athletes that ran here last year, top 10, who is back here. Um, anyway, those, those are the ones that come to mind right off the top of my head. So um, I, it's going to be, I mean, there's like, I think 145 guys in the open men's race. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Oh, for sure. For sure. And not on the women's side, I mean, you know, uh, highlighted in, in the juniors race or on in the junior race is, uh, is, is a local person there, but there's also oh, some, yeah. so, some pretty big names in, in the senior race as well too. Maybe, you know, uh, you know, mention a couple of those people too. Um, yeah, no, the, the, the open women is also a stack field. I mean, we've got Natasha Wodak coming back. She appears to be fit. I think she's, uh, she's looking to regain, the title she won from uh, from the first year. Um, Claire Sumner is back. Julianne Stolley's running really well. Uh, Rachel Hanna is back. Uh, who else is in there? Jen Lalonde is showing up for the first time. Um, oh, no, I'm starting to uh, to forget the names that are in there. I, again, I'd need a list in front of me. But uh, the the front end of that race is going to be a lot of fun to watch as well. I I'd have a hard time in in either of those races picking a clear favorite. It's it's going to be it's going to come down to the day. I think and we'll, we'll see how people respond. Well, I think I know uh, Victoria Coates would like to have it really muddy too, but I don't think she's going to get that. We'll see. Oh, I you know she's uh she's probably one of one of my favorite runners for sure. You know she just she's uh, the right kind of scrappy to to do well on that Kingston course, and I, absolutely, I, I think she's she's done pretty well in the past. Uh, you guys have have hosted this thing. You know, this will be year number four, and it'll be the the final year before it heads out to BC. Um, you know, I, I think you you mentioned the term bittersweet uh, to me just before the interview. But uh, you know, how, how are you feeling as we go into this last one? Um, yeah, bittersweet definitely sums it up. Uh, you know, I, this part of me, I was talking to John Marsden, the uh, the timer from Speed River, about this, and we were having dinner tonight, and. So, you know, I can't believe that the four-year run is up. And really, this started about five and a half years ago when we were putting in a bid and then they're getting prepared for it. And the amount of work that was put in in the first year was was huge. Uh, it's gotten easier uh, year by year. Um, but at the same time, it's not an insignificant amount of work. I mean, if we're going to put on nationals, we're, we're going to do it right. We're not cutting any corners. And, you know, part of the cost of that is uh, it, it, it's, it's demanding. It's a lot of work. So, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be sorry to see Nationals go from here. It's been wonderful to have it here on our home course. But at the same time, I'm ready for, for somebody else to take on the organizational capacity of the event. And, uh, and maybe I can actually get in the Masters race and actually race next year because that, uh, that's never happened in the – years it's been here i've never been uh in in decent enough shape to race simply because you know in the last week two weeks leading up to the race 
I'm just running around doing so much and I'm, I'm losing sleep and I'm concerned about all this stuff. I'm always keeping an eye on the weather and I've come to the conclusion I will never race well at a race that I organize. So in Abbotsford, uh, hopefully I'll be towing the line and uh, seeing it from a different side. You know, I, I asked uh, Brogan, who is also a guest on this week's show, uh, the exact same question. But, you know, for the people who might be two hours, maybe just a little over two hours, maybe just a little under two hours, people who are fans of the sport, why should they, you know, turn off the turn off the live stream and, and drive to Fort Henry on Saturday? Oh, I don't think anything can compare to, to watching it uh, in person. Um, I mean, you know, yes, AC has done a great job of providing a live stream to uh, to people to be able to watch. And I know actually Chris Winter commented on that. You know, he'll be watching uh, people that, that can't get here. But if you can get here, because you, you can't match that, the excitement. And, the, you know, seeing all the spectators charging around the course. Fort Henry, of course, is extremely spectator friendly. And so, you know, as the athletes go by down the start stretch, Everyone charges up on top of the hill. So like the 1K mark, you see them come back down and then out to the, the hairpin corner and then back out towards the rock and then the hill up towards the finish. And, and that's just one loop. And then they do it all over again. And so there's, there's that level of, of excitement that uh, you're not, you're not going to get off of a live feed. You need to feed off of that in person. I know you're a, you're a fairly busy person, so I'll, I'll only ask you one more question. Have, have you done anything about those uh, those hack announcers that you've had the the past three years? <laughs> well, uh, no, sorry, we're stuck with those. Yeah, I'm assuming you're talking about the on-site announcers, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, no, we're we're stuck with those guys. You know, we like to think we like to think that uh, again, going back to to what I said earlier, we put in a huge amount of work the first year to do this. And part of that was because we wanted to get it right. And so we brought in the people that we figured were, you know, the, the right ones to have the best people to do that. And we haven't changed it. Why? We, we haven't had a problem with it. We're, we're staying with that. So, yep. It's, it's the same thing just a year later. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I appreciate the, I appreciate the kind words and, uh, that is Clive Morgan. He is the race director for the Cross Country Nationals happening this weekend. He's uh, he's calling from a hotel, but don't rule it out. He might end up sleeping in a tent there on Friday night. Like I said, don't don't rule that out just just yet. But you know, thanks a lot for being on the show this week, Clive. Oh, no problem. And I will. Uh, I'll see you up on the hill. It was Connor Black's last collegiate cross country race. He had sat out the conference race two weeks before with an injury, watching his team have an untypical off day. He had come in second at last year's championships. He was ready for his big moment at the U Sport Championships, and he delivered. We chatted with the champion earlier this week. All right, so I think it's it's apt that we talk about U Sports, but before we get to that, I think we should really set this thing up by talking about what happened two weeks before. Two weeks before was the the Ontario Conference Championship. Uh, it was held in London, Ontario. I was there snapping some pictures, sending some tweets out, that sort of stuff. And I bumped you into you on the course. Now, you weren't running the race. You had twisted your ankle. And what I saw that day um, was an athlete who is still so dialed in. So you know, like so in touch with that race. And what I saw was someone who was incredibly disappointed to not be on that course. 
maybe you can kind of clarify like where where was your head at when when we were talking and and maybe how did that mood evolve you know as the results came in and and that sort of stuff yeah so we talked uh i think we talked right after the gun went off and my head was it, it was in a funny place because you know watching my guys get on the line and seeing all the the competitors beside them and, you know, they got the music going. Uh, it was hard for me to keep a, a straight face because, you know, as much as I, I wanted to be out line, um, and I had to keep it together for my teammates. It, it was still very emotional. Um, but I knew I had to keep it together for them. Um, and I think as, as the results came pouring in near the end of the race, um, you know, I, I really, I, I had to, it was, it was tough. You know, I, I can't even really put it in words right now because, you know, being, being their captain and, and being their number one scorer in the past, it was just, it was a really hard thing to do. Um, and before the race, we had a meeting with the team and, and, you know, all I could really tell them to fire them up was, um, you know, you don't have to, I don't expect you guys to go out there and run for anybody because, you know, telling somebody to run for somebody else is, it's kind of bogus. But I said, if you want to run for somebody, you can run for me because I'm pissed. I'm not going to be out there with my best friends. So. Oh, for sure. For sure. And you know, over the next couple of weeks, there's, there's a lot of speculation as to, as to what was wrong and, and whether you were going to be on, on the line or not. And, and I think there was quite a bit of question. Um, you know, when, when did you know that you'd, you'd be on that line? When was it 100% sure that you'd be racing the, you know, the, the U sport championships? We, we knew that I would be on the line, um, basically the weekend of OUs. The the reason we didn't race me at OUs was because it was such a risk to race me at OUs that we didn't know if I'd be recovered in time, uh, to race U sports. Um, it was kind of just a big question mark, you know, do we race myself in that 10 K on a course that's, uh, pretty uneven to begin with. And then how smashed up do I get? Like, do I only have one big effort left in me basically? So we knew not racing me at OU's I'd be on the line at U sports. Um, in, uh, we, like I did the pre-comp at OU's and I knew it wasn't looking it wasn't looking likely that I was going to get on the line. And that's kind of when the therapist stepped in, gave their opinion and Dave made the final call. Like, you know, we, we need to save you. We need, we can't smash you up because we're putting you on the line in two weeks. So it was known OUA weekend that I was going to be back out there. And, and Alex stepped up to the plate, uh, one of our first year rookie guys. And, and he knew all well that, you know, he was just filling in for the weekend and, and he went out there and he did a he did a great job for his first OUA cross country. So it was it was cool to see him do that. It was it was awesome that he had that understanding too. So you arrive up in up in Kingston for for the big dance for for the U Sport Championship. Uh, up there, man, the the conditions they were something else. Like the the course is great. The course I, I think runs runs pretty fast. I mean, there's a couple tricky parts on there, but it it runs pretty fast. But that wind, that wind. How did how did you deal with that wind, and how did you you deal with the the cold conditions that day? You know, how did you prepare for that? I was pumped that it was it was the day that it was. We got up in the morning, 
and all got dressed to go out and get coffee and we're walking to get coffee and it's it's windy as heck out there it's cold and I was like you know this is perfect because um I knew right away that I could just chill out for for 5k even longer um because nobody was getting away in that wind like it, it is a fast course the fort runs really fast but the wind was just brutal so you know, based off preseason results, I just thought, you know, if I'm just hanging out, like nobody's going to be way off the front that I won't be able to catch them. So I was, I was actually pretty excited about the weather, and with like in in terms of keeping warm, um, you know, just pick the appropriate layers. I think some guys in cross are, you know, scared to to wear a long sleeve underneath or or wear half. Like I know some guys don't like wearing half tights, but like. I, I don't see any reason not to bundle up if you have to. And uh, we had Vaseline at the line, so, you know, we're lubing that on our lower half. And so it, it was no big deal. Uh, for sure, for sure. You know, it was it was interesting, um, you know, from, from the TV truck where I was. I probably didn't get all the view that I, that I wanted to. I kind of got to see what, what everyone else got to see in the in the a very tight shot of, of the front pack. And, and in that way, you were kind of... I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that you're super visible for, for most of it. Maybe talk about your strategy going into that race and, and how the execution went. Yeah. So, um, you know, ideally back in August when I was trying to visualize the ideal race execution on November, um, November the 10th. Yeah, it was the 10th. Um, that was, I wanted, you know, I wanted to lead right off the front. I wanted to get into really good aerobic shape and I wanted to just lead off the front, but given the circumstances and my lead in, I knew that my best chance to take the win would be, uh, leaving it to a kick and kicking down the chute. So it was essentially just me biding my time and not taking any of the wind uh, like I said, I didn't think anybody was going to be off the front. So if I came through two and a half uh, or even 5K and I was in the top 20, then that was fine. Um, I just needed to make sure that I wasn't burning too much energy off the hop and I was I had my kick for later. So, uh, so yeah, I just I went out and truthfully, the first loop, I was just running right within myself. I wanted to come through two and a half and like even even 5K laughing. And, uh, and that was the plan. And I, right around 5k, I actually found my, right when we were coming through 5k, I found myself at the lead of the chase pack and I was feeling very good at that point. And I looked, I looked back because I was at the front and I thought, you know, I need to tuck in. We're going to be coming around. I need to get out of the wind. So I gave a glance back and it didn't look like anybody was right on me. And those that were a few meters off of me were looking like they were laboring a bit. So I had to make a split second decision. You know, do I, do I pump the brakes or do I make a quick surge up to the front pack, even though I thought it was still kind of early to get up in, in that lead pack. But I decided that I'd jump up and, and it was a really good decision. Cause I, you know, I jumped up quick. I got up there. It wasn't like they were rolling, uh, too hot for me and I just tucked in behind those six guys that were up front you know heading into that race uh there was a lot of talk about you know, guys like your teammate Mark Patton uh you know Sergio from from the Mac team uh you know like uh Angus Rawling 
Russell Panic, a lot of guys. I mean, like, U Sports is, is really, really deep right now. I don't think I need to tell you that. Considering the fact that, that you went into this race with, um, you know, maybe not the most amount of training that, that you ever have had, you know, what kind of what kind of mind state did you have to put yourself into to say, okay, you know, I can win this if I do this, this, and this? Like, how did you get yourself psychologically ready to take that win? Yeah, so, yeah, I think um, the U Sports is is a lot deeper than it has been in the past. I, I think so in the past. Um, but getting my head ready, I didn't think about anybody else in that race. I didn't care what other people were doing. I didn't care. Like I knew, I knew the results that they had, but I, I didn't care. And I didn't, I didn't bother myself with thinking, you know, how prepared somebody else or so-and-so was. That was the first thing. And the second thing was, um, not taking so much stock in indicators. So, you know, workouts or um, mileage, you know, a number on a page that you just put in on a week because really all those indicators are doing for you is taking away some of the uncertainty um, that goes into a race because that's all that a race is, is um, it's uncertainty. There's never complete certainty that somebody's going to go out there and win. Um, you can look at indicators and they can give they can take away some of that uncertainty and that in itself can take off some of the pressure and put some people at ease. But I didn't have to buy, I, sh- I didn't have anything to buy into that because, you know, I was doing a lot of my, my, uh, training in the pool and I hadn't been, I hadn't done a big workout on foot in probably a month, like a full, full workout. So it really just came down to believing in my ability. And the biggest thing was reminding myself that I'm a gamer. And I was thinking, you know, when I was in the pool, it was just visualizing some of my, my past successes. One that I really looked to and I, I relive a lot was the uh, 2017 U Sports 3K, well, 2800 <laughs> <laughs> indoors where, um, you know, Jack myself and Antoine were, were kicking pretty hard that last 800. Um, you know, it, it ended up with me in a fourth place, but that the 2800 meter race brought a lot of uh, confidence in my ability. And, and that's what I was looking to do. I was just looking to take stock in my ability, reminding myself I'm a gamer and, and just, and just believing in that. Well, I mean, looking at at that race, there was so many storylines going in. Um, I mean, there was the fact that you came second uh, individually last year uh, at last year's, you know, eSport Cross Country Championship. Uh, there was the fact that, that you were, you know, pretty injured all throughout the summer with, with some planter issues and that sort of stuff. But there's also the fact that, that you were kind of you know, like this, this is your last year. This was your, this was your last, last chance to, to get that individual title. What were the big factors for you? Like what was, what was going through your mind, uh, you know, in preparation for this race and for this race? I think it was just, it was just reminding myself that, you know, like the five, the five years building up to it, um, so so much had happened, um, you know. Like there was there were some really good things uh, along the way, and there were some really not so good things. And 
I just, I think, you know, and the people involved too, um, you know, my therapist who had been through it all along, um, I mean, Brenda Scott Thomas, my physio was one of the first people who I gave a huge hug at the end of the shoe. Like, you know, my therapist, my coaches, um, you know, Griffin legends like Aaron Hendricks and Ross Proudfoot and, and Nixon and Borsma, you know, I, I was picturing, um, Hen- Hendricks crossing the line, um, a sea eyes on our home course, you know, all the people involved and, and just the road involved, like it wasn't a smooth path. And I think that's what gave it its character. And I, I think there wasn't any specific thing that was reminding me. It was just like a culmination of events and just thinking about the journey. And I think that's what's, I mean, you can get all philosophical about it, but I think that's what's special about the sport is just everything that happens along the way, good or bad. It's, it really, it makes it into a story. You know, before the men's race uh, started out, in um, I was I was doing the stream for for the U Sport Championship, and you know we were talking about people to watch in the race, and uh, and I made the comparison between you and uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, and I guess Calgary Flames and Pittsburgh Penguins. I think he played for Tampa Bay as well too, but uh, comparison between you and Gary Roberts and that Gary Roberts was this, you know, he was this great leader in the locker room and, you know, he could make everyone great around him with, with leadership skills and stuff. Uh, I have to turn this over to you. Uh, Like if you could, if you could, you know, compare yourself to one NHL hockey player, who would it be? That's, that's a good question. Uh, You know, (laughs) Part of me thinks recently Milan Lucic um, just because I think I'm a bit of a scrapper sometimes. I, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the only comparison I can kind of make is just because I just keep coming back. Um, and, you know, I, yeah, I think, I think I'm just kind of scrappy and I'm just, I'm durable. And I mean, Gary Roberts is a, is a really good example and I appreciate uh, that comparison. I mean, uh, I used to watch him in the Maple Leafs back in the day. Uh, I was a big Maple Leafs fan as a kid and watching Matt Sundin. I think Gary Roberts is a great comparison um, because I do, I do like to, you know, um, take stock in my ability as a leader as well. Um, you know, I like to to not only go out there and lead the boys physically, but also vocally. And I think I've grown in that role over the years. Um, if you would have made that comparison a few years back, I think you, I think it wouldn't be spot on because there's times where I needed to, to watch my, my actions and watch my body language around the guys. And, you know, Dave's helped me with that. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Um, but I do think I've, I've grown more into that role and yeah. So thank you for that comparison. Oh man. Well, he's, He's one of my favorite players. I've I've been told since that maybe not as many people, like uh, apparently he was a very old man when he played for the uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, oh man, such a good player though, such a good player. I I, I think to be compared to a hockey player, I think that's uh, I th- I th- I personally think that's that's one up there. Um, I guess we have to discuss what's what's next for you. I mean, both in the short term and in the long term. You know, as mentioned, this is this is your last year. Um, so one more one more kick at uh, you know some U Sports titles, but uh, you know maybe talk about what could be after that for you as well too. 
Yeah, so short term, um, it's just uh, right now I'm taking a little bit of downtime. Um, I would have loved to be racing AC Nats. Um, very, I was actually very curious about racing it after U Sports, but it just didn't make a lot of sense with getting ready for indoors. Um, it would have delayed my recovery timeline. I'm still trying to get my foot back to 100% health. And uh, that would have just delayed that timeline a little bit. So we're not going to race AC Nats. Um, and then it's going to be building for an indoor season. Uh, it's my last indoor season. And I've got some, I've got some decently lofty goals for indoor season. I want to lower my 811. Um, and I want to lower my 348 outdoor PB. Both, I think I can take a good chunk of time off. And... I want to take a shot at another couple crowns. Um, you know, after this past weekend, I, I proved, I'm still proving a ton to myself about my ability, and I don't think there's any reason why I'm not, I'm not going to be uh, competing for both crowns. So, um, yeah, to be, be uh, shooting for those. And past that, you know, I'd, I th- I'm thinking I'd like to help Mike Tate rebuild the Riv. I mean, we're looking a little empty on the post collegiate side, and and I don't feel like I'm done with the sport. Um, not at all. I wanna I wanna keep I wanna keep it going, and you know I don't have any um, you know definable goals as a post collegiate, but I know that I think I have some untapped potential, and and I also know that. I love going through the process. So as long as it's keeping me happy and I'm enjoying, like I said, you know, the good, the good times and the bad times, then, you know, why stop? I'm not in a rush to settle down and, and, and do anything else. Like this is, this is what I think about most days. So most of every day and um, yeah, I'm not ready to be done. This, uh, I, I guess the, this next question is mostly for, for one particular person listening right now, and that person will probably know who they are, um, but it's your coach, by the way. Um, do you see a Terminal Mile Cup uh, in your future as well, too? Yeah, the DMR. Yeah. We were talking about it this past summer, actually, uh, Mark and I, and uh, now with the addition of Tate, I don't see why not. Like, throw me in the 400, I'd probably hopefully throw down a 49. I'm just kidding. I don't know if I can go that fast, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a ton of fun. I'm definitely interested in that. Oh man. Well, I expect to see you out there. I expect to see you out there, man. Congratulations. It was, uh, it was really great to see. I mean, like, uh, especially with the, the perspective of, you know, hanging around the, around the river last year and, and seeing what, what goes behind it. it was, it was really, really neat to, to see you pull it off. And, uh, man, Biggest congratulations, and thanks a lot for being on the show, man. Yeah, thank you, Michael. I really appreciate you for having me. Brogan McDougall has been one of the most talked about athletes for quite a while now. It was big news when she stated her intentions to attend Queens a year ago, and a few weeks ago she lived up to that hype and more by taking the individual championship in dominant fashion in front of her hometown crowd. So there's something to be said in cross-country for... The home course advantage you know i don't think that there's there's any two cross-country courses that are truly truly alike and i would say that 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 kingston course is especially different 
you had that home course advantage uh, going into the into the eSport finals, into the eSport championship race. How much do you think that it affected things? Um, I think it it for sure helps having that um, being on the home home course. Like a few of my friends came out from engineering, and that was really nice seeing just their faces in the crowd. I didn't expect that, and just hearing all the cheers. And I know for sure, um, knowing where some of the more challenging parts are that you know not to let up on. Um, that really helps when you're racing to get, I don't know, like just get as much as a, of an advantage as possible. How, how much did, uh, did coach Boyd have you up on that course, uh, training, you know, what, what were some of the workouts that, that you guys were doing up there? Uh, well, at the beginning of the season, he kept telling us we had to know that course, like the back of our hand, like do all our easy runs up there. Um, we actually only, we didn't start working out on it till later October and then we would only do one workout a week, but usually it'd be like one K or two Ks. So pretty, like those are the really tough workouts and they just, they're even worse, like being up there. You never know what the weather is like. And then all the Hills make it really difficult, but yeah, I think it makes you better in the long run. With the uh, with the women's race being 8K, you know, there's that, that question: what configuration of the course you guys were going to go with? Uh, you know, the whether you guys were just going to run, you know, four of the 2K loops. I was really happy to see that you guys were on the on the 2.5K loops, just because I think the the back half of that course is, you know, there's some a little extra hills, you know, a little tighter corners back there and stuff. Uh, and then with the 1.5s, you you could see everything from you know one spot on the course. You know, what What do you think of that course? I mean, like, do, do you think that was, like, the optimal setup, what you guys ran at, at championships? Yeah, I was actually, for pretty much the entire se- season, I, I thought we were doing the 2K loop. So I was a bit um, rattled when he said we were doing that new way. I was not expecting that. But I think in the end it worked out probably better because, yeah, the 2.5K loop, is noticeably harder with that it's a pretty big hill that you get like an extra hill it's um and then having the spectators see the entire thing like the entire last 3k i think is very important it gets like everyone super excited and you can see all the moves and everything happening right in front of you so in the end i think it was better to have it like that so let's talk about the actual race i mean to set the scene there was you know, in, in the forecast, they were calling for, you know, up to, I think it was like 90 kilometer per hour uh, wind gusts. Uh, I don't know that we ever reached that, but we certainly had, you know, this, it was cold up there. There's a, a strong, steady wind uh, for sure that was happening up there. There's a lot of, you know, very tight pack racing, um, which I think you kind of bucked that trend and, you know, you, you took off on your own in, in the last part of that race, but maybe talk about your race strategy and, and how things were executed up there. Yeah, we, I think the plan was just to go out pretty much as hard as you can, um, because I'm pretty tall. So we figured even if I stayed in the pack, I was going to be drafted off of, um, and I wouldn't gain any advantage just by sitting in the pack. So we didn't really, yeah, Steve just told me to pretty much just try and get a gap as early as possible and build it from there. 
I don't, yeah, the, I don't think there was really a move ever made. It was just keeping it consistently hard and not letting up. Um, and then slowly there just like was suddenly a gap. And then it, I think it just like man- maintaining that and just slowly pushing on. <laughs> you know, I, I think back to, you know, just two weeks before uh, you raced that championship race, you were at the, at the Ontario conference uh, championships and both yourself and your sister just kind of like you guys separated yourself from the field and, you know, by about 5k, it was pretty clear, you know, who's going to win. And, you know, you had left the field so, so far behind at that point. Talk to me a little bit about your state of mind going into this, into this, uh, into the big show, you know, like you had to feel pretty confident coming off of a performance like that. Yeah, I was definitely excited to go race, um, against the entire country. Um, yeah, I mainly, I, I think it would have been easy to get really nervous and really ex, like excited um, going into the race, but I mostly just tried to keep it out of my head and just focus on my schoolwork and what I could do because, I don't know, with two weeks left, there's not much you can do uh, training-wise that will help you in the race. But, um, yeah, I think getting too stressed out about it will take away from your race, so... I yeah, just tried to ignore it till pretty much the day of, and then, then I started getting excited. And when everyone was there, I was like, "Oh, this is pretty cool." You know, you're you're a runner with quite a few you know junior achievements. I mean, I've watched you you know at the at the London track, you know, tons of times. You know, just doing really really Im- impressive things. Along with that, um, and you know, this speaks for your sister as well too. You guys got. As far as the running world goes, you guys got quite a bit of, you know, media coverage in, you know, some pretty sensitive times in, in growing up. Would you say that, that that's had a whole lot of effect on how you view the sport and, and how you've approached it? Um, yeah, I think, yeah, it's, it can be tough sometimes with like the people always kind of knowing if you're going through a tough time, like they'll notice you're not there. Um, if you're like injured, they'll be like, Oh, what's going on there? So it's a bit tough. And like, yeah, especially for young kids, like having all that attention on you, I think it can be a bit negative sometimes, but mostly like with a good support, um, like your family. And then of course, Steve and Brandt, like are always really good support. I think hopefully like, get out of that sensitive time and um now like it won't yeah i don't know just like hopefully it i don't think it affected too much but definitely i don't know if we should have so much focus on junior athletes like like just leave them to get to the senior ranks and we can focus more on them you know, kind of coupling along with that, it, there was quite a bit of speculation as to where yourself and your sister would go for, you know, post-secondary education. Um, you know, your, your sister went for a year down into the States. Um, you yourself decided to, to go straight to go straight to Kingston, you know, go straight to Queens. What, what was that decision like for, for you? I mean, there must have been other offers on the table. Yeah, I was looking for a while at Michigan and Princeton, and I went on a visit to Princeton. 
Um, mostly though with Brenna's, she had a pretty like yeah, she had a pretty negative experience down there, and I just felt like Kingston would work for me, um, and I just felt more comfortable staying here with the familiar. I know sometimes like the risk you can take going down there pays off and it's a huge reward. Um, I don't know. I just didn't feel willing to take that risk. So I don't know. Maybe it would have been fine. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I just decided to stay with what I knew would like what I knew works for me. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Now, the thing with that is, is, you know, doing, doing what works, um, the championships, the U-Sport championships were not actually your last race of the season. You will be, uh, you'll be heading back to the same course. Uh, you'll be running in the nationals in the junior race, I believe, you know, what, what are some goals that you have set up for that? And, and what are some expectations you have? Um, mainly, yeah, I just, I really, I want to run well and feel good in the race. Um, this is, I mean, I've been doing this for the last four years here. I can't believe it's already been four years. That's crazy. But, um, yeah, it's the last one here, and I just hopefully give the home crowd a good show. <laughs> okay, so, you know, obviously the university championships was a very big peak in your season, but the national championships proved to be very important for you as well, too. There's that chance that you could, um, you know, represent Canada, put on that singlet and uh, and go to the to the worlds um, as well with with this next race. What did you what did you do to, you know, keep sharp? And where where is the true peak of the season? Are you hoping to get, you know, two peak race, races out of it? Or, you know, like, were you aiming more for nationals or were you aiming more for, you know, the university championships? Um. Hmm. I think I'm actually, I'm actually unsure. Like I know I wanted to do well at the university ones and I'm hoping my fitness will kind of carry over in all honesty. I'm feeling a bit tired for sure right now, but, um, and I'll be ready by Sunday. I'll be ready for a bit of a break, but I don't want to think about that. I don't want to have that mentality. Um, like I, I'm ready to go for one last race, I think, and hopefully it will be a good one. <laughs> you know, with uh, with you building such a, such a big lead on that field, um, but also also looking at your teammates, they're they're so so young as as you are as well too. It's such a young team, even for for university wise. What what has the training situation been like? Like, who have been your main training partners and stuff? Um. Well, since Brianna was a bit injured, this cross-country season I did a lot on my own uh which kind of suited me a bit because um like coming back through the summer and everything I wasn't hitting the pace times I used to just coming back from injury so it was nice not like just being able to do my own pace and not really worrying so much if I was off um just getting training in but yeah the um other girls have been racing phenomenally um and they're such good they're such great girls and um they have such great presences yeah so uh it's been a really fun team to be on okay i'm gonna leave you with one last question because you know that kingston course so so well and you know we're we're coming up to a big national event 
for people who are, say, within, I don't know, two and a half, three hours of a drive to Kingston, why should they be making that drive on Saturday to come watch the national championships? What is what is special about taking that in in person versus watching it on the live stream? Um, <laughs> well, you can't. I don't, you don't really get the same atmosphere. Like I know when I'm race or even after I'm done racing and just watching, just running around from point to point, um, and everyone's just cheering really loudly. You don't get that on the live stream, um, and I think that's a really fun part of the meet. And like <laughs> a really, if you want to come, I would say if you're that close, like you should probably come out because. The live stream just can't capture that special moment. <laughs> that uh, that sounds like is as good of an argument as uh, as we can expect from anyone. You know, congratulations on your on your university title, and we're really we're really pulling for you uh, come this Saturday, and hopefully we can see uh, another really really great event up on the hill. Thanks a lot for being on the show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, Connor, Brogan, as well as Clive, and to Tracky for their ongoing support. If you want to find us online, you can do so at the Terminal Mile. We're on Twitter and Instagram with that handle. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, tracky.ca. Thanks again for listening. This has been the Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production. <laughs>